Good morning. I am Cindy Vanna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 True Talk Radio, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. And in the studio, of course, with me is First Lady of Love, founder and creator of Love Talk, Miss Evelyn Davison. Good morning, Miss Davison. Well, good morning, Miss Vanna. Oh, yes. How we... are you today, dear darling? <laughs> <laughs> well, this... you know, we always want to be those really proper Southern bells, yes. you know, that, uh, so I try to give you honor. Well, I appreciate that, Cindy. And I am, you know, it is the most exciting thing uh, in the world is to be alive during this particular time in America's history with so many exciting things that are happening. A lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff stirring out there. And this has been one of those weeks, Cindy, that God has shown us that we are to stand and he is going to protect us and provide for us and push us forward that we can be that love instrument in a world and in a society that needs to know him. You and I have the most curious relationship. I tell you, it never fails to astonish me. First of all, how much I have loved being in ministry with you for the last 17 plus years, but how different you and I are. And, you know, I am classically, uh, if you, if you classify the world from a Winnie the Pooh uh, uh, perspective, <laughs> I'm Eeyore and you're Tigger. And I'm so, Tigger. Yeah. And so you're excited about everything and I'm standing back usually looking at the world going, yeah. Really? Now, every once in a while, we flip that switch, (laughs) and I find myself being in a place of probably not huge excitement. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I can be be up there on the hope scale, and I agree with you. Even though it doesn't process in my mind as excitement, so to speak, I thought this week was a real billboard for hope. Mm-hmm. And you and I are going to talk about some of that in in the opening segment sure. with regard to the news. Absolutely. Because I think that's where you're drawn from, right? Right. And and two, you know, personal experiences. Because, Cindy, you and I both have a life outside this studio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this was one of those weeks where our heart was really heavy because Van's only niece passed away. Mm-hmm. And she, they discovered that she had... She had cancer 17 years ago, and three weeks ago, uh, she just began to have some pain, went in, and it was the most rare form of cancer. The doctors down in the Clear Creek, um, Clear Clear Lake Shores, all in that, the, the space center down there, had said they'd ever seen. And uh, in two weeks, uh, it, you know, it just took her life. But her, she was a wonderful Christian. Um, and her husband is, and uh, but they did not, their children did not follow the Lord. So they had moved from Pleasanton down to um, Lamarck or Texas City to be with their children, and they didn't have a pastor. And they called me and, asked, you know, of course, we for two weeks we were praying with them. We went down to see them, and, and they asked me if uh, Van and I would do the service. So Van read the 23rd Psalm. And he did the obituary, and then I did taking a walk down uh, Love's Memory Lane. And it was one of the most exciting things I have done in a long, long time, Cindy. Afterwards, we gave everybody everybody a a rose 
uh, no, it was a carnation uh, to, you know, has a love memory of the time we'd spent together. And when Van and I left there, uh, he, he is, his personality is like you. When he gets down, it's really, uh, it takes a while. And, you know, me, and in 10 minutes, something good would come along, and I'm bouncing again. <laughs> but we talked this week coming back from the Bay Area about how really important life is in the area of family, in the area of being connected with each other. And this week, this whole week has been a week like that. And like one of the things that, you know, we are so excited about is things coming up is our uh, freedom dinner and uh, our freedom supper and auction. And uh, that's going to be on October the 27th. And so just thinking about what it is that God would call us to do as we go into this changing season. Because November is going to be a changing season, Cindy. Mm, boy, you got that right. Well, there are a couple of things before we get into the 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 news and the meat of the program. Um, you know, today and yesterday, we have 24 hours of prayer going on uh, over at Cornerstone, Austin Cornerstone, right over here at 1101 Rainley Street, and that's uh, Pastor Rick Randall's church. Mm-hmm. He and Trey, Pastor Trey Kent are, are doing that uh, together in 24 hours of prayer. And I was following Trey's tweets this morning about, uh, you know, about 2.30 mm-hmm. in the morning and then Whoa. at 5.10 in the morning. And, and so we want to bless them and remind those who have a heart to pray and to pray especially for revival and revival in Austin and for uh, and by that we mean that the lost who do not yet know Christ would come to a place of knowing him and that those who know Christ have a heart Mm -hmm. to welcome and to see great change take place not only in the city but in the hearts of the people that both know Christ and those that are yet Mm -hmm. to come to know Christ Mm -hmm. and so that's taking place and you're right the Austin Pregnancy Resource Center will also have their fall extravaganza. I know you'll be partnering with Lori in that on September the 25th. We got the See You at the Pole. Yes. Um, I gosh, there's uh, all kinds of stuff going on up in Philadelphia. We got the summons coming up in Washington, D.C. You'll be up there in October, early October. And then, like you said, we'll have the Freedom Dinner. And then I know that... Uh, Pastor from Promised Land, Randy Phillips, mm-hmm. will be having the Veterans Day gala November the eleventh. Uh, That's yeah. going to be awesome with Mike Huckabee mm-hmm. and Larry Gatlin, mm-hmm. and of course Phillips, Craig, and Dean. And uh, it's going to be a huge celebration. And we're we're partnering with them with the Good News Journal mm-hmm. and uh, and with Love Talk and helping people come to understand that you know these are times when we need to praise God. And really seek him for the answers to the issues that we're failing. And Cindy, this has been another big headline, a billboard thing this week with the Chick-fil-A. Yeah, let's uh, hear about that. Well, it, it's not but, like if you've been in a cave, yeah. you haven't heard about well, it. Well, we need to give a little background. Uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, Mr. Kathy, who is the the, uh, the owner of Chick-fil-A, uh, was speaking at a church, and he made the statement that Chick-fil-A stands for traditional marriage. He did not say one negative word about the alternate lifestyle of, you know, one man, one woman, family structure. 
but the the media picked it up, and because of the the um, corporate structure and um, basic premise uh, promise of what they stand for, uh, they are not open on Sunday, and so they have been a target for a while in regard to what um, uh, what the liberal uh, non-believing uh, audience or people group in this nation have uh, taken on as a bullseye, as a target. And so it became so escalated that there were, one and I were talking about this morning, the mayor of New York City, the mayor of Chicago, the mayor of uh, even Boston, uh, the mayor of San Francisco all came out this week and said, we will not allow Chick-fil-A to have a franchise in our city. We will never approve a building permit. And that's in violation of free speech, Cindy. And so Mike Huckabee, who will be coming here November the 11th, picked it up. And he said, you know, one of the things we could do across this nation is have a Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day. And so it, it was just like a ball started rolling, like you do a snowball or something. It was the most outstanding thing that has happened in America in a long time because people stood in line in many of the locations for two hours to get a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Well, I went to my local Chick-fil-A the day before because I thought, I just, you know, I I love it. I'm not going to invest those two hours mm-hmm. to, quote, mm-hmm. take a stand. So I went the day before, bought my gift card to send to my uh, kids because they love their ice cream, uh-huh. and, um, you know, bought a $50 gift card to send and, you know, bless them for the, the upcoming day. I, I mean, I've, I've heard good reports about I was, it. Yeah, Van and I went to Georgetown where our friends, the oh, Bennett, yeah. uh-huh. uh, Tammy and Lance, uh, uh-huh. and we got there early, and we got a little place over in the corner where we could uh, visit with people as they came through. And when Tammy got there, uh, I mean, it was mad. Uh, you know, one hysteria, but I mean, it was really uh, revved up. She brought Marin and uh, Naomi over to the table and said, I'm going to get them something to eat. Would you watch them? Well, it lasted about two hours. But we had more fun, Cindy. We Marin is about three years old, maybe a little older than that. And uh, so we started out, hand, we started handing out good news journals. Uh, the Texas State Prayer Guide, and some of the the constitutional books that we have, plus a couple of other things. And so we would go in the line. We'd go down the line, and she would hand them a good news journal, and she'd say, thank you for coming to our restaurant today. <laughs> and then she got you know kind of bored with that, so she started jumping up and down. We'd, so we taught her how to do the chicken dance. And so it was a zoo. It, we, I tell you there were people there that were really excited about being there they understand what the problem is in this nation in regard to speech free speech free worship and i do believe cindy this was a this was a billboard for america this week as people came forth to support chick-fil-a because it made national news everywhere i mean people were in line two hours you Many know of them had to shut down because they ran out of food well, you know, here's the here's the thing. I agree with everything you said. You know, I don't think that Don Cathy asked for this fight. He mm-hmm. was just simply stating where their their corporate culture. You it's know, biblical and place. um, you know, right. And that 
but here's where I'm at on some of this. You know, not that I, you know, like I said, I went to my Chick-fil-A yeah. and you know where I yeah. stand on this, but I, I want Christians to do more than quote, take a stand. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes that is a, that cross cultural piece between, Political action. yeah, between being a Christian and, you know, being a citizen and citizenry. You know, there, and we're going to be talking about some of that today, mm-hmm. this very issue. But, you know, we're in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, where it says, um, the Bible says that homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. There is a list that goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. It says, this in the same breath, it says, and these shall also not inherit right. the kingdom of God. So the sexually immoral, those who are involved in porn adulterers, idolaters, thieves, the greedy, Mm -hmm. uh uh-oh, drunkards, slanderers. You know, there's a long list that is not just relegated to the popular cultural issues of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a seriously good and gracious God, and we have a seriously just and perfect God. Mm And he includes in this list, he's not just picking out, he's not, you know, cherry picking sin. And so as we stand and wrap ourselves around whatever business it is, we first go before God and hope that our hearts are pure before him, that we're not taking a stand based on someone else's sin while we're standing in line getting our chicken sandwich with a great big log (laughs) coming out of our eye. Right, right. Now, these are are the issues. These are the real issues of the day. You know, it's fine free speech. You get to stand for whatever you want. But hypocrisy is something that is abhorrent Mm -hmm. to those who see Christians and also to God. Well, you know, Cindy, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the Ten Commandments. Those are not ten suggestions. And one of the biggest ones on there is, thou shalt not commit adultery. And in the old covenant, adultery and fornication went together. And so there are guidelines that God has given us. (laughs) Suggested guidelines. (laughs) Uh, And the teachings that Jesus came and gave us is simply this. Love is bigger than any of those things you name today. The love that the Lord Jesus had for us, that he used as a wash rag to get rid of our sin, that is greater than any of the sins that we've committed. We all are sinners. And John says, if you deny that, you're telling yourself a lie, because none of us are without sin. But the important thing is, is that Jesus came to make it better, to make it right, to make it perfect because he is the perfect one. Boy, you got that right. We're going to take our break and we're going to come back. We're going to continue to talk in our series about spiritual legacy. Today we're going to be talking about education. And so we're going to come back. But before we get knee deep in education, we're going to mine some gold. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning. My name is Cindy Vaughn, and we're love talking in the 
beautiful blessed KLGO, the, uh, the word studios, excuse me, 1490 AM True Talk Radio, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Uh, okay, Evelyn, apparently <laughs> I didn't have enough coffee this morning. When we when we opened up this morning, we were talking basically about, oh, you know, what's gone on this week, mm-hmm. the good news, and you mentioned Chick-fil-A, and we mentioned some of the things that are going to be coming up that are both local. And uh, I know that you love, you have a great passion for this nation, and we're in this series on spiritual legacy, and we've done, um, we're headed into our fourth principle. We're going to be talking about education today. We've talked about those principles of carrying a a spiritual legacy Mm -hmm. from one generation to another, that which makes a nation great, but that which comes from the truth of God, our ultimate spiritual legacy. And so we've talked about the dignity of human life. We've talked about family. We've talked about healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to be in common decency. And now we're going to be talking about education. But I know you've got some things on your heart about what you think is going on in America. Well, Cindy, when we look at where we are, uh, we are in a transition period. There's no doubt about that because um, the the force that comes against us, as we said a couple of weeks ago, is sin because it's in our life. I mean, it's something we live with every day. And that is the only cure for that is the love of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and so when we look not only at our life, in that regard. We look at our nation as well. And so we ask ourselves, what is wrong or what is the problem in America today? Why is it so different from when it was founded by our founding fathers? And when we went out, the little teaser you gave us was, you know, we're going to talk about how you mine gold. Well, what is the greatest gold, uh, the greatest gold in our nation today? In my heart and in your heart, it's not the money. It's not the job. It's not these things that that are tangible. But it's one thing, and that's what we want to talk about, is it's hope. That is what the goal. And not only did we see that, Cindy, in the Chick-fil-A scenario this week, but we also saw it in another thing. Well, and I want to talk about that because I have been glued to the tube. As a matter of fact, I am to the tube. I love that one. And I am on major sleep deprivation because... Uh, we're taping most of the Olympics uh-huh. during the day so that Jim and I can watch them together at night, which means that we're up until like 2 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I have been a competitive swimmer through most of my life and into college. And so, and Jim is sweet enough. He loves the, the swimming, but we, we, we like them all. I mean, we love mm-hmm. the volleyball. I mean, there's nothing that we, and he we, likes tennis, I know. Oh, yeah. And so there's nothing we haven't, we haven't been glued to. But here's the deal. You know, you'll see the headlines about the gold. And it is sometimes that incredible mixture of nationalism that says, oh, look, we're raising the superior physical prowess and this, that, and the other. But I want to tell you, we are a nation that wonders if God is speaking to us this hour. And I think he has spoken to us through the Olympics in this billboard of hope. And it doesn't have to do with a medal count. 
It doesn't even have to do with success. Let's take little Jordan Weber for one, the, the gal that didn't make her own personal goal to be able to go for the individual gold. And I watched her absolutely just break mm-hmm. down on the floor of the, that gymnasium um, over her dream because these little gals, their bodies change so much, they usually are at one Olympics, and that's it, unlike swimmers and others. And yet the next day, she had rallied, and even when she spoke to the news people, she said, you know, it is not about me. It is about the team. It's about where we're going together. What a message for this nation. Then the next night, Gabby D- Douglas goes up and wins gold, and here comes the news to interview her. What What is it? Mm-hmm. What is it that makes you special? Well, of course, she talked about training and concentration because they asked specifically about sure. her concentration. And she said, and here's what she said specifically. She said, you know, when you live your life to give God the glory in everything you do, the blessings of God fall down on you. And Mm -hmm. she said, that's what's happened to me Mm -hmm. is I just live my life to give God the glory. And And the offshoot of that is the blessing of God. And so I want to tell you, as I, as we have looked in America and wondered where we're going as a nation or wondered uh, about the character of a nation, I thought if people listened to the hearts and the dialogue of these young people, then we would know that God is writing hope on the billboards across mm-hmm. America. Because these young people, even Carrie Shrug said last night in an interview, Failure is the thing that compels you forward. It is not just our successes. It is not our fame. And the mining for gold isn't how much you wear around your neck. It is the gold in your heart that God deposits when he refines us in the fire. Carrie Shrug had had, broke, had stress fractures in two of her of her vertebrae in her spine before she did that vault mm. where she where she um, broke her leg, her ankle, mm. and and stressed all those tendons and ended her sports career. Yeah. It is through adversity, and here we are in the middle of this dialogue in America. Where most people, when when failure comes to strike them, they want to talk about how the system is unfair, how they've been mm-hmm. dealt unfairly with, that so-and-so and such-and-such, and, such and, and if I can succeed by pulling the other guy down, boy, these kids, these young people who came to talk about what is competition, they have had to learn to love others in the middle of their own personal failures or letting go of their own dream so that they could foster a dream in someone else. That's what we've got to do in America, Cindy. And one of the things that, that is so prominent in, in the billboard in, or the media today is that uh, those of us who are conservative, who basically seek to live by biblical counsel and um, instruction. Um, we blame the the leftist media. You know, we, we're called we're on the right side, and then the other 
folks from the left, for every ill that we have in America, and liberals, brain, they blame the greedy right. You know, if you look at it, and without doing po- political party or anything. Well, and where's where's the class in that? Where's the in- character in that? Where's the integrity in that? Where are the principles of God? And this is what we've been talking about in spiritual legacy. There's no value in that kind of dialogue, Evelyn. No, it is the blame game. Well, it it just uh, has consumed the media. We have had so much of that during this recent Texas um, runoff election. Uh, it, it just, uh, I, in fact, I just got to where I just turned the TV off because I just don't want to hear it anymore. I had we had a discussion with our son Danny yesterday. And Danny said, I wish that there would be a new structure set forth in this nation where you could not go on television and say bad words about somebody well, else. Well, you can thank John McCain for that and the, yeah. you know, and the whole thing about the PACs. And I will tell you, uh, now you're going to hate this and you don't no, you won't like not. this about me. And so I didn't vote in the primaries because I'm not going to I'm not going to affiliate with either side when they're mudslinging. I'll vote. I will vote on, you know, in the elections. Well, we but if you're going to be a mudslinger, if you think I'm going to walk up to the poll uh-huh. and so that I'm basically endorsing the way that you are running a campaign. See, I think most people are feeling that way, Cindy. We get so tired of the blame game because, you know, uh, the school teachers, they blame the parents and the parents blame the teacher unions. And then. People in Arizona blame the Mexicans and other immigrants. And then Christians blame what? The Muslims and the gays? We've got to stop it. I don't know how we do that. We've got to get together like the gold did in London and make our nation great again for what it can be and what it has been. And so what? as we look at that, Cindy, we're going to look today at the schoolhouse. We're talking in this series about how we go from my house to the Lord's house, to the other houses. And so today we're going to start talking about what it is in our school system in this nation that's different from what we started with. We're going to do that in just a minute. We're going to be talking about Ron Rush's great-granddaddy times five. How about that? This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios. That's 1490 AM True Talk Radio, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. And you can also catch up with Evelyn and I in the audio portion of this program on lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, we are uh, set the stage by talking about the billboards uh, that we have seen this week of hope and boy. I, I needed that because well, I did we, too, we have been mired in a whole bunch of stuff. And so one of the reasons being mired is we decided to go down this spiritual legacy because there's this whole dialogue going on in the nation about, well, what's it going to take to, quote, fix a nation as if, you know, if we get the institutions right or we get the right 
face or the right mm-hmm. person in the right office. And, you know, and, and it just was none of it was the dialogue around the founding cornerstones of this nation, which are individual responsibilities, individual rights, and the principles of God. And so we've tr- tried to bring back mm-hmm. in focus in our dialogue and centering it around a conversation about you know, the promise, provision, and protection of God, that the God-given wisdom of the founding documents that we were given based upon the principles of God, and we've been walking those out, the seven principles for a legacy of life, reiterating to people or stressing perhaps for the first time is what you do in your individual life and your relationship with God and the legacy you leave is what builds a nation. If you think it's, if you think it's institutions or laws, then we've lost our rudder on what the original founding fathers we're establishing freedom and liberty upon. And so we did a long conversation about unalienable and inalienable rights and those things mm-hmm. that you can give away or the things that can't, you know, that can't be taken away. And we're, we're now we're getting ready to talk about education. And I know you wrote a piece about, you know, how, how important the foundations, and it isn't just the White House. Well, Cindy, um, you know, we're wrapping this whole thing about praying and preserving the heart of America, God's heart for individuals, because he has a heart filled with love. And he doesn't, he has not put America in a bullseye of destruction. Uh, he, he is all, Jesus came that he might restore. And we believe that strongly with all their hearts. But yet you have to be realistic as you look at those things in our nation that have gone downhill. Uh, we are not just totally uh, immoral in this nation, but it's getting worse every day. And we don't want to major on that. But what we want to major on is what is it that we can do in this nation to bring back that heart for God uh, that each one of the founding fathers had. And they were all different. Some of them weren't as strong a believer as others. But this was the the... This was the paradigm that God set forth for this nation. And so we we talked about the houses, the different houses. And we we began with begin the rescue operation in the family house, as you said earlier. You know, my family is very important to me. And I want them to really be blessed of God. And so we do have a responsibility as parents and as children to care for our parents. And then the second one was, you know, to continue that on to the, to the church house. We talked about the responsibility of church leaders today to lead in a way that people can understand and follow uh, the, in the love parade of life, the principles of God. And so today we're going to be, begin this series. It's going to take us a while. The strength of the schoolhouse. How important is our educational system in this nation? How did it begin? What was the foundational principles for the public education of our children in this nation? And so as we look at that, we've got to know basically some of the historical facts of how this nation came about to educate our children. Because there was a day when children didn't want to fail in, in school. Uh, they didn't want to <laughs> get in trouble. It's uh, a huge humiliation. 
And, you know, and today we've got too much governing in our school system that is unhealthy. And so too many today are just promoted without really learning a lot of stuff, without being taught to be a willing servant of others. So let's go back and look at those foundational things that we know God spoke to our forefathers in regard to. Yeah, let's do that. Now, I have a caveat to that because, you know, I believe that the people of God are not to be backward thinking. You know, we are made to be forward thinkers, always on the move because what? We serve a God who's always on the move. And so we have a responsibility to not just look backwards, but, boy, we better be a people that are looking at the eastern gate. Do you know what I mean? We better be a forward-looking people. Um, And so it's, you know, the caveat is, is that as we talk about education in colonial America, is we're not talking about perfection. Because where there are human systems, there are also failings. Absolutely. But we are talking about foundations that came from right thinking. Foundations that are important that when you're trying to figure out, where we've been and where we're going, you need some perspective to. I ran across a thing, and I tweeted Ryan earlier about the Black Robe Regiment. Now, Ryan's forefathers are part of the Black Robe Regiment. Now, Ryan, I hope that doesn't just scare the bejesus out of you. But anyway, what they were, this was the regiment in America that had more influence on culture than any other portion, and that were that was those who took to the pulpit on Sundays. As a matter of fact, in America, for the most part, none of our governmental leaders, necessarily like George Washington, didn't have college educations. They were well educated, and we're going to talk about that. They didn't have college education. That our seminarians, those from the pulpit, often were the best educated, and therefore people went to church on Sunday not only to be schooled in the truth of the Word of God, but that's all. That's where a lot of the great dialogue and conversation was taking place was from the pulpit. And, of course, Benjamin Rush was a part of that. And here was one of his quotes that I thought was important. He said, the only foundation for a useful education in a republic is to believe in religion, Christianity. Without this, there could be no virtue. And without virtue, there could be no liberty. And liberty is the only object and life of all Republican governments. Without religion, I believe that learning does real mischief to the morals and principles uh. of mankind. And so here's, here's a, a great, you know, sentence on basically what was not intended to be the separation of godly principles, a separation of church and state from the standpoint of relegating one religion for all people and it coming from the government, but not a separation of of principles of God, of the uh, God himself in the understanding of liberty. 
And so, therefore, what I wanted to say with regard to colonial America is that what we don't get, and I want to just sum it up real quick, Evelyn, and then let you follow through, is one, government was limited to protection and property and education had no place in government venue at that time. Even the colleges in America that were established, Harvard, Princeton, all of those were established by preachers slash Christians, and they were established privately. Education in America was not government-controlled, government-run, government-subsidized. It was a free market system. And that free market system took place largely in the home, where the first most children who arrived at school in what we now know as the third grade arrived already reading, and they've been schooled on what book before their first readers were the Bible. That's what they heard every day in their home. That's what they learned to read from in their home. That's where they had memorized and heard verses from the pulpit. And this was where character education was inseparable from what took place in the schoolhouse and what took place in the farmhouse. Well, Cindy, um, the opposite of that is totally what we have in the education system in America today, with one exception. The one exception is homeschooling. If we look at the the industry of homeschooling and how it has prospered in this nation, it has prospered because parents have gone back to the foundational principles and the teachings that the pioneers and and the pilgrims did to their children and to their neighbor's children. And it was a family thing, but it was also a community thing, as you as you lined out. And, you know, if you go back to what George Washington said, well, you, first of all, you go back to what the Word says. In Proverbs 1, 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and wisdom comes from education. Uh, Ephesians says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Now, the early Americans believed that, Cindy, and they taught that. The father was a leader in the home. The mother was the teacher. That's that's what history teaches us. The mother was the teacher, but the father was the leader. And he led them not only in learning their ABCs or the the Bible verses. And there were those that didn't do Bible verses. We recognize that. But he led them in lifestyle. Mm-hmm. He led them in lifestyle. Well, if we looked at America Day, one of the things in America that we see that is wrong is the fathers are absent from the home. And so we don't have all of the elements that we need today. I think that's so interesting you say that because you know what my takeaway from this was? It's the women are absent from the home. Women traded the power of Mm -hmm. what they had within the home for economic power and trying in many ways wanting to be like men, have Mm -hmm. the same economic prowess and abandon our homes and abandon 
the teaching of our children. So isn't that interesting how we can have two different takeaways? You know, Evelyn, we're gonna we're gonna take our break mm-hmm. and we're gonna we're gonna come back. We're gonna continue this schoolhouse conversation. Look at the foundations for it, Cindy, right after this. Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM, True Talk Radio, streaming live at klgo.net, and also reminding you that you can catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. Evelyn, we're uh, coming into the wrap portion of our program, and we're today opening laying the foundations for the opening portion of this conversation about a God-centered education and how our founding fathers did not see that knowledge apart from the uh, principles of God was anything uh, to be ascribed to unless God was at the center of it in terms of the principles of character, the principles of virtue. And, you know, I've had a lot in in doing this research and preparation, I've had a lot of thought and I've I've re-wrapped my mind around this concept of America because, you know, America, uh, most of our forefathers, and even today as we we are continue to be a, a nation of immigrants, um, we're to some degree a self-made men and women. Right. And, you know, what what we think that means, I learned a lot in doing the research for this mm-hmm. program about that. You know, in colonial America, the literacy rate was higher in colonial America than it is today. Yeah. On the docks of those who were loading uh, docks off, the, I mean, loading crates off the ships, the uh there was the thinking in America that every man could add to the conversation in America, the dialogue in America as much as anyone else. In Europe yeah. that conversation or influence was relegated to the highly influential, somewhat to the rich, and um and to those who were educated and the poor man had very little say. Mm-hmm. What was different about America is that men and women were self-made in this sense. They were educating themselves in their homes, entering into the dialogue around the nation on equal footing regardless of their class. And so what was meant by a self-made man is was then very different than what we think now. To some degree the same. These are people who are not born with a silver spoon in their mouth, you know, who are not given their leg- legacy or inheritance, but they're out there earning that on a daily basis. That's still to a large degree what's going on. But in colonial America, people were versed in what was going on, and they did this 
out of digging deep in their own lives and digging deep for knowledge. And, and with dignity, Cindy. One of the things that we are missing in America today is, is dignity. And uh, it, it's heartbreaking because the foundations of our nation, as we've talked about them today, uh, the number one criteria in the foundational structure is, is set forth in private homes and family and in neighborhoods and community was to know the creator God and to serve him and understand, you know, the universe around us and the culture in which they established themselves. They were dependent on each other as they depended on God. We are not dependent on each other in America today, and we certainly are not as a whole dependent on God. Second thing is the founding fathers believed and made life possible in America because they came together and they trusted God. Well, they understood that freedom wasn't to do what you wanted to do. Freedom was the exercising of those virtues within the principles of God that gave us liberty from sin and vice, avarice, those things, and they sought deeply to establish the nation on that. That is true. And as it progressed then they established great institutions of higher learning. And every one of those, Cindy, were based on the biblical principles of God. What were some of those? Well, I mentioned them earlier. Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Dartmouth, Rutgers, all of these established. And, of course, you've got the Quakers who, to yes. as much as anything, formed the early nucleus of, of education in America for for the everyman, for women, for mm-hmm. people in every economic situation. and uh, But they weren't, they were people banding together in a community to come together when there were enough people, you know, sure. there was a nucleus of people banding together for education, but they weren't looking for government mm-hmm. to run their education. Well, see, that's where we are, I see, in America today. And I had a long conversation this week with my granddaughter. Uh, what is it in America that we can truly expect? We can only expect God's hand of mercy upon us as we trust him and as we move forward to serve him. Uh, thinking back about Harvard, do you know the original seal for Harvard? Do you know what it said? Truth for Christ and the church. It's not there anymore. Yeah. So when you look at at free market public uh, education in this nation, uh, the government has taken over and the family, uh, the parents, you know, we, we're just not there much. Uh, there is... Basically, the problem with it is there's a lack of historical perspective. And I want to read what George Washington said before we close. He said this, Reason and experience both forbid us to expect the nas- that national morality can prevail to the exclusion of religious principle. It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. With well, Cindy... The the word gives us some real encouragement and uh, hope, uh, as we've talked about today, in the air of need. We have some great needs in America, and we have to ask ourselves, what are they, and why are they so great? Uh, We go to 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and it tells us this. 
God is able. He's able, Cindy, to provide us with every blessing in abundance. But it comes when we come to realize that we ourselves are totally dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And we don't have an abundant life apart from him. Because grace is what abundance is, is knowing that where we are in our life, he is with us. If we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Cindy, give us a brief paradigm of what that is. Well, it's very simple. It's in the things that we have been talking about here. We acknowledge the foundation of our life, which being Christ Jesus, the one and only who could come and bring us salvation. We attest that we believe in him. We tell others we believe in him. We tell our soul we believe in him. And then we confess privately to him that we are a sinner and apart from him we cannot be saved. It's, it's, it's ABCs, Evelyn. It's what we've been talking about today. It is the ABCs of life and the ABCs of liberty, of being set free in Christ Jesus. This has been Love Talk on the Word. This is Juan Martinez letting you know that Love Talk has been brought to you by The Word, True Talk Radio, 1490 AM, as well as Love Talk's partnering sponsors, Ellison Salazar, Casa Mechanical Services, Ray Gardner Triad Ministries, Hill Country Landscape, First Baptist Church Pflugerville, and The Good News Journal.